You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Ross on Y. To find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. Yeah, thanks so much for the worship and every word that has been given this morning. And and um, I feel that God God is still speaking to us in different ways, you know, before the preacher comes and speaks. God already speaks to us as long as we're attentive to listen to what God is saying. And um, for the last few weeks, we've been looking at the book of Luke, and uh, the theme is to gaze at Jesus, to look at Jesus. Let us focus on Jesus. And uh, the leaders, they thought, the best way to focus on Jesus, to see, let's take this one gospel and see how Jesus related, what Jesus said, how he interacted with people, because he is our example, he is our model. He is our savior. So we're modeling our lives in the way that Christ lived his life on earth. Now, today, I'm going to look at slightly different. Last week, James gave us um, a ported view of the, the, the journey of Jesus heading to Jerusalem. And they picked up different um, themes on there. But today, I just want to concentrate just on a passage of scripture of the book of Luke. And from there, we're trying to see some of the things that are gonna, God is going to speak to us collectively of these instances. What I'm going to talk about is God, like the way Jesus responded to the people that he encountered. Um, this morning, I read, I read from Psalms 115, And it says, I'll start from verse 2, it says, Why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold and the works of human hands. They have mouth, they do not speak. They have ears, they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses, noses, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not feel. Feet, they do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. It says somewhere in, 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 in the New Testament, Paul is saying that God has saved us from these dumb idols, the idols that they don't talk, that people had this... Gods, they created themselves. Our God is different. Our God responds. Our God speaks. Our God has eyes, can see, has ears that can hear. So, so what I'm going to talk about today, the method, the theme today is Jesus responds. Jesus responds. We look at different, um, different um, uh, verses, and, and, and from there we can see how Jesus responded. And I'll read from the... As I said, I'll just use some verses from Luke 5. And I'll read some verses quickly. It says, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and they saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. Getting into one of them, uh, which was Simon Peter's, he asked to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. 
And when he finished speaking, he said, Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and we, we took nothing. Uh, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both, both the boats, so they, were beginning, they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down to Jesus' knee and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. And when they brought their boats to, to land, they left everything and followed him. So this is, as I said, Jesus. We see one encounter here, how Jesus responded to this. I think to put this in is that there were a lot of people milling about it. They want to hear Jesus. And there was no place because they are kind of pushing Jesus to the lake. And Jesus showing that, showing that there's no way that he could speak. So he, asked, he saw boats that were, the fishermen were out of them. He asked one of them, he said, can I get into that? And he got into that and he started speaking. One thing that I kind of want to emphasize on this, this Jesus is responding to our faith. I mean, there's a lot of definition people talk about faith. The thing that I like about this verse, it's in verse, uh, got my eyesight, oh, yeah, in verse, is it six, uh, no, verse five, it said, but at your word, I will let down the nets. So to me, the definition of faith, faith is responding to the word of God. Whatever God is saying to us, and I know God is speaking to us in different ways. He's speaking to us when we come together. He's speaking to us individually. He's speaking to us when we pray. He's speaking to us when we, we, we read the word of God. But I think for us to really see God in our lives, one of the things that we have to do is to take God at his word. What God is saying to you individually and collectively as well. What is the Holy Spirit is speaking to us as a church collectively? When we take him at his word, just like it happened here, they, we will see miracles. We'll see things. We'll see the things that we thought cannot change. They will change because we took Jesus at his word. Now, and you know the context. These were fishermen. They were seasoned. They've been waking all night. And you know, if you know, I'm not a fisherman, but I know that the reason fishermen go fishing at night is because it's quiet. Fish are not startled. Now, here, Jesus comes with thousands of people. They are milling about, and then he's asking Simon Peter to say, can you launch now into the dip? In other words, he knows that's not going to work because we toiled all night. And I like the word toil, that we've used all our effort. So sometimes in our lives, we've used all our effort, but Jesus wants us to launch into the deep. He wants us to say, forget what we've done. Do what I'm telling you. And Jesus is saying to Simon here, can you launch into the deep? Put your nets here. This is where the catch is. Don't, for, don't rely on your circumstances. 
Don't look back at what happened previously, your experiences or whatever. But let God be God. Let God's word stand against all what our experience, against all what other people have said. So, Jesus responded to faith. Here we see that Simon Peter believed in Jesus' word and he acted upon Jesus' word. Amen? So, that is faith to me. Faith is trusting. Because sometimes when you talk about faith, it seems something like otherworldly or something so unreachable. But faith is a trust. Trusting with conviction. The Christian faith is built upon faith. The Bible says that as many as they be believed in him, they become children of God. We became children of God by faith. By faith, we trusted God. We say, we're going to put our trust on the finished work of Christ. The cross we've been singing today, that above it all. So that are putting a trust that this faith, this cross has accomplished it all. So faith is acting upon what God has said. And Peter, we see on this example, that he stepped out, despite his experiences, despite of the work, despite being tired all night, whatever, but he went up by faith and put his, <coughs> his net, and it, say it was a huge catch. They called their friends, and their friend came, the fishermen. And one of the strange things that happened was, after they caught all this fish, I don't know what happened to them, the Bible says they left everything they said, follow Jesus. You know, this is, a, this is the encounter with God. That once you, you meet Jesus, you drop everything and you follow Jesus. Everyone has a testimony how they became Christians. But when we have an encounter with God, everything that was of importance to us at the time becomes irrelevant. We put it aside. We said, we're going to follow Jesus. And they follow Jesus. So that's one of the things I want to talk about. Like, Jesus responds to faith. A Christian life is a life of faith. It says in the Bible that um, the just shall live by faith. That those who've been justified by God. Because sometimes I think we, we believe in God. We put faith in God because the Bible says, <clears throat> you know, if, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with mouth that he rose from, you know, you become saved. And a lot, that's how we became Christians. But the Bible goes on to say that faith is not just at the beginning. Faith needs to be all across our lives. From the time we became Christian to the time we go to heaven. Faith needs to mark our lives. Everything that we do. It says, as I said in Romans, that the just by, shall live by faith. In other words, those who've been justified by God, those who've been made right by God, it just doesn't end there. It needs us to walk by faith every day. So faith is a lifestyle for a Christian. And the object of faith is Jesus Christ. The object of faith is not what the preacher said, is not what anyone said, it's what Jesus is saying to you, is saying to me, individually. Um, there was one time, there was a lot of emphasis on faith, as if that faith in its own can accomplish anything. The faith that accomplished much is the faith that is directed to Jesus. Not in my own faith. Um, some of you, I'll say this, but some of you may know. There was somebody who wrote a book, it's Have Faith in Your Faith. <coughs> you know, in, in other words, they have exalted, they have lifted this faith thing to be a massive thing above everything else. But what is, uh, God is expecting of us 
is to have faith in him. What he says to us individually. And when we obey him, that's faith. And faith grows. The Bible's talking about will grow from faith to faith by believing and trusting in God. Now, Peter's one example here. You know, you look at his life, there were some areas of doubt. And as he continued to trust in God, you see God is using him to the book of Acts, speaking to thousands and thousands become Christians. And he was bold enough even to stand against the leadership of the time. It's because his faith was in God. The more we trust in God, the more our faith is built up. We more, the more we are... In the, in the book of Jude, it says, the, the language is, young, is saying our faith being recharged, you know, like we're energized again. So every time we step out by faith, every time we step out by what God says, you know what God is saying, and I know what God is saying in my life. There are things that God wants me to trust him more. There are things that God wants me to step out in faith, just like Peter, to launch out into the deep, to go to the place where in the deep means if you drop there, it's beyond you. You know, you're carried away. So one, sometimes God takes us in those situations where it's beyond everything. We, we are carried away by the currents of his own presence, as it were. So when we put our trust in God, God is going to change those intractable situations, change those areas that we think, oh, that's not going to change. Another thing that I can glean from this passage as well is that <clears throat> Jesus is rewarding our trust. You know, when we, it says in the Bible that God loves a cheerful giver. When we give God our resources, whatever we have, in this instance, Simon Peter gave Jesus his boat. And did Jesus didn't just preach and they left. And they said, there's benefit on serving me. There's a benefit of lending me your boat. There's benefit of lending me your time, your money, your what, gifts, whatever it is. There is a benefit. Our God is the God who cherishes in giving back to us. We are his children. He wants us to bless us. It says uh, somewhere in the Bible that, Simon Peter. Now, as I said, Peter's faith it keeps on growing. There's another place where Peter said, oh, we've left everything. What are we going to get? And Jesus said, if you've left your mother, your father, your, you know, everything for me, you'll have eternal life and a hundred more here. So in other words, it's not like we've forsaken everything and waiting for the eternal life. But Jesus is rewarding us now and also there is eternal life. So, Gavin... When you're leading us worship, I know it may be hard work and, you know, take your time. But there is a reward, you know. You're serving God. And all of every people, every, I don't want to mention names, but you know, you're putting the chairs. You're doing all of these things for the kingdom of God. You're doing not, it's because you want people of God to maybe to come and sit properly, whatever, coffee. All these days, your reward. Whatever we do for Jesus is not wasted, you know. And it says somewhere else that, don't lose heart. Whatever you do, you'll be rewarded. <clears throat> so that's one of the things that there is Jesus responded to the generosity or the giving out of Simon Peter to say he gave his boat. So when we give everything, or not everything, when, when we give what God wants us to give, Jesus responds to us. Whatever we do, we cannot outgive God. Everything we do, there is something we can look back 
you can see God has given me back. So that's just one thing I want to encourage you brothers and sisters. Another passage is Jesus. Yeah, my preach is going to be very short today, I think. Uh, <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> uh, another passage is <clears throat> Jesus cleansing the leper, it says on my Bible. It says, while he, was, while he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, begged him saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make, make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I'm willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left and he charged him not to tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for, the, for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more the report about him went about and the great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But <clears throat> he would withdraw to a um, desolate place and pray. So the first point I was talking about is Jesus responds to our faith. Jesus responds to our giving. When we give ourselves, we give whatever we have. Now, the other thing which I found here, Jesus is responding to a leper who came to him. Now, this passage is very interesting to me because this man comes to Jesus. He knows that Jesus can heal. He knows that Jesus is the son of God. He knows that Jesus can do... Because I've heard all these miracles. His question is whether Jesus can. His question is whether Jesus is willing. And I thought, that's a very interesting thing. In other words, that in our lives, we may be <coughs> saying that Jesus is powerful, he's able, and all these things. But within ourselves, we think maybe he is not willing to heal me, or he's not healing, willing to help me on this issue, or he's not willing to do this. And Jesus said to this man, I'm willing, be clean. And uh, the question was not Jesus' power and attribute, is the question was Jesus' willingness. Now, <clears throat> what I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, that Jesus is willing to meet you wherever you are. He said, the Bible says, his promises are yes and amen, which means it's done. Whatever we ask of him, <clears throat> it says another place that we have confidence that he gives our desires because he hears us. So Jesus, it's not that he is able to do, but he is also willing to do. So when we involve him in our life situation, whatever it is, if it's children, whatever it is, when we involve Jesus, Jesus is willing. Jesus is willing to meet us <coughs> in those situations. Let me have a look at my notes, first of all, whether I've gone too far. Yeah, so <clears throat> the question is, as I said, 
is the willingness of Jesus. We have to, our faith has to be directed to knowing that God is willing to meet our needs. Uh, when we pray, we don't pray just for the sake of praying. We're praying, hoping or on, on the premise that God is willing to hear our prayers. And uh, when, because he's willing to hear our prayers, he is also willing to answer our prayers. <clears throat> so that's just one of the things I thought we need to remember in our minds that God is willing. Whatever it is, God is willing to do whatever we ask him. Now, <clears throat> another part of the passage I'm going to read is Jesus healing <clears throat> the paralytic man from verse 17. It says, on one of those days, as he was teaching, the Pharisees and the teachers of law were sitting there who had come from every village <clears throat> of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the, of, on the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing <clears throat> on a bed a man who had been paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him and, and, and there's no, uh, yeah, they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the mist before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God? When Jesus perceived their thought, he answered them, why do you question in your hearts which is, e which is easier, to say that your sins are forgiven you or to say, rise and walk? But, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. And they said to the man who was paralyzed, he said, I say to you, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God and amazement filled them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary thing today. <clears throat> There's a lot of things to unpick on this passage, but I just want to, to, to just highlight one, one, one thing about Jesus responding. So here Jesus is responding. Now, verse 20, it says, when he saw their faith. <clears throat> That's the bit I want to emphasize because I think sometimes faith becomes so individualistic. It's my faith. I believe this and this is going to happen. But here, it's showing something different. Jesus saw the faith of the people who were lowering their friend before Jesus. So sometimes we need each other's faith in what we are going through. So, and, and this is where it's important as a church which we share story, we share burdens, we share things through fellowship and whatever, so that we can lift each other up. Jesus, I'm sure the man had faith as well because he stood up. Because if he didn't, he wouldn't have stood up. He would have gone, oh gosh. But Jesus saw the faith of the, the friends and the, the man was healed. So we as Christians, the faith is not just for ourselves. It's for our faith should benefit other people for, as well. Um, mind you, this person was relying upon his friends for everything, perhaps. Maybe for washing up, for, you know, everything. So he got to the point, maybe, I don't know, I don't know his condition. 
but he was relying on other people. But at this point, the people who were with him, his friends, had been, been carrying him. Now, I was, I was reading this, I mean, because we're reading the book of Luke. There are some other instances where, you remember when Peter's mother-in-law had fever, and the Bible says they went to Jesus. She didn't go, but the people there, they, they say, went to Jesus, say she needs healing, and Jesus went and healed her. So there are some, sometimes the way we read the Bible, we are, I don't know what's, I know people say some, we are very Western the way we look at things. You know, some of this we just go straightly. We don't notice that because we are trying to look for the bits that apply just to me. But I think there are other things in the Bible. It shows that as Christians, as a group of believers, we need to rely and help one another. And one of them is to have faith for our friends, to have faith for other people. Somebody may be going through some tough times or illness, whatever. Sometimes, because that's in their mind all the time, it's very easy for the devil to come and buffet them with, uh, with, with, with thoughts of doubts and whatever. And that's where we need each other. We need brothers and sisters who would stand in faith with us. And, and faith is not, this needs to be done in humility. It's not something to brag about, you know. It's not like I did this and then happened. Everything is because God does it, not because we do it. Our faith is just trusting God on behalf of a brother or a sister. So to just finish that, I want to highlight that our God is not like those other gods. Our God responds. He responds to our faith. He responds to our giving. Because when you give sometimes, it's also an element of trust. You give something, you are depriving yourself something for somebody else. Trusting that that, that thing will benefit that person. So God is calling us and they respond to us when we respond by faith. When we give something, give our time, give our money, we give whatever. And also, God is also willing to touch us. God is willing to meet our needs. Despite of what we are thinking, despite of what our experiences, God is still willing to meet our needs. And finally, as I said, we need each other. It's not just ourselves. Sometimes we need a brother or a sister who would stand with us in faith so that what the situation will be, will be, will be. I've been thinking about this, and, and, and um, sometimes we, we, we think that because somebody is, you have heard testimonies about other people, you think they've got all together, you know. You think, oh, that person, you've heard testimonies about this, about that. So they do not need my prayers, or they do not need me to stand with them because they've got it all sorted. But... They may be other areas where they lack faith or they, they need being propped up. I heard of testimony. I don't want to say the name. I heard a testimony of somebody was, God was using them for the miracles of provision. You know, if there's something they, they believe or something to provide provision. But this person did not believe that Jesus heals, you know. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is we are, we started this, did we start with the jigsaw this year? I can't remember. I mean, the story that we are a jigsaw, we have an equal party to play to make this good picture come together. So each and everyone has something to contribute. 
I need your prayers as much you need my prayers. I need you standing with me as much as you need me to stand with you. We cannot look at things individualistically, that it's me and my family or me and, you know, all this is for the kingdom of God. All this that, so that Jesus will be glorified. In all these instances, you know, it says that people say they saw an extraordinary thing. It was a miraculous thing. It's because these four friends, I'm presuming they are four, because there are four corners. There may be more. I don't know. And, and they had faith for their friend to be healed. And as a result, everyone exalted Jesus. Everyone lifted Jesus. So, to finish, our God responds. Our God hears our prayers. Don't be discouraged. I know discouragement can come, but we need each other. We, we need one another to, 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 to encourage you. I, ha I, I tell you this story. I have a friend. He's Brazilian. And, and uh, because he's my friend, so he told me, he said, oh, this is way back in the 90s. He said, he said, when he became Christian, people gave them the word of, you know, knowledge and prophesy about his life. And, and because we are friends, so he shared with me. And one day, after, after some time, he was going through a rough patch, you know. And he came to me, he said, Can we, I don't believe in God anymore. And I said, why? And they said, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened. Now, because I'm a friend, because he'd shared his story with me, and I reminded him what thing he told me, so he could see, he started seeing the perspe different perspective. Because sometimes when you're going through hardship, that's what we need each other. We see just our problem. We forget everything else. So when I reminded him, he, he just went. Nowadays, nowadays, he is in Brazil. He is helping um, poor churches in the north of Brazil, you know, people tend not to go a lot. He's helping them. And I can see this is, he doesn't remember this story, but to me it's an encouragement that sometimes having this close-knit relationship, you know, not superficial, you, deep relationship, we are free to share our stories. And by sharing our stories, we can have our brothers and sisters encourage one another. So it's not something to brag about, but it has to be done with humility, that we are doing it for each other, and we're doing it for the glory of God. And um, I think that's what I wanted to share this morning.